0: Tech directors, do you have new techs that need training? I hope so. But there's so much to live sound engineering nowadays that it can be hard to know where to start and what young tech engineers need to know most. Well, let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about training new techs. But before we do, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free 45-minute workshop called Five Elements of a Full-Sounding Worship Team. What it does is it gives you and your team a framework for understanding how to create a full sound no matter how many players you have. It allows each member of the team to know what their job is and what their job is not so they don't get in each other's way. It's also really helpful for techs to understand how to achieve balance between those five different elements to get a full sound every time. So again, go to blueprintsounds.com and you can access the free course. All right, let's jump into today's topic. So if you are a tech director looking to train new techs, there is a lot to do between the cabling and the routing and the networking and the setup and the teardown, and then, of course, the live sound itself, the compression and the EQ and the mixing, and all the rest of it. There's a lot that you need to go through to have a capable tech. But I want to tell you a story that I think illustrates what techs struggle with, especially young techs struggle with, and how we can help train them to be musical, not just technical. So a week ago, I watched the movie Sully about Captain Solenberger, and it's called The Miracle on the Hudson. He was a pilot of a flight taking off from LaGuardia Airport, hit a bunch of birds, and lost power to both engines at a lower altitude than had ever happened in commercial aviation. He and his co-pilot landed the plane in the Hudson River in January, and amazingly, because of him and his crew and the first responders, all 155 people on board lived. It's an amazing story, great movie, but there was a scene in the movie earlier in his life that really stuck out to me. When he was young, he was learning how to fly a crop duster, and so there's this scene with the old pilot and him and the crop duster, and they're getting out of it, and the old pilot is talking to him about scheduling and his job, and then he turns to him and gives him some of that old guy advice, he says, hey, remember, fly the plane. That was interesting to me that they kept that in the movie of all of the things that happened in Captain Sully's life, that obviously was important. Because later on, when you're watching, you know, the big intense scene where they've lost power and they're they're trying to figure out what to do with this plane. Captain Sully does something. He flicks on auxiliary power. He does things out of order compared to what the navigation, you know, the checklist of the aviation industry should have been. What he was supposed to do with the plane, he did things out of order. Turns out he's vindicated. Everything that he did was correct. He did it all in the right order because he was flying the plane, meaning he stayed in it. He didn't get he didn't black out and go into what does the manual say? He would have lost too much time. He had, you know, 200 some odd seconds between life and death to decide what to do. He flew the plane. What in the world does that have to do with live sound? Well, here's what I see happening with young techs. Young techs often go into problem-solving mode and they tend to treat music like it's static and here's what I mean. So you've got a young tech in soundcheck, and he's learned about EQ and compression and gain and how to get things set just right, so he pushes up the drums. He pushes up the bass, keys, acoustic, electric, lead vocal, and the band proceeds. What he doesn't realize is that his job is not done. Just by getting the static balance, he he sort of treats it like a painting rather than music, Right? Music happens to you in time. It's always coming at you in real time. A painting stays there. And techs tend to push up the faders, and then they're so scared, like, okay, I finally solved the problem. It's, it's all fine. I'm not getting feedback. All the mics are on, that they just leave it there, and then they don't touch the faders. I was talking with a sound engineer who has trained many young techs, and he was lamenting about this one tech that he had, and he was pleading with this young tech. He said, I need you to move something. I need you to do something. I don't care if you mess up. That's not the worst thing in the world. You're not going to get any better unless you fly the plane." Here's what young techs don't understand, is that they are performers as much as worship leaders or acoustic guitarists are performers. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that an acoustic guitarist has to play a G chord and then move on to another chord and then move on to another chord in time. It's not just stuck there and their job is done. The same is true for a mix engineer. He doesn't just push up the faders and then his job is done he has to perform the mix. He has to bring things up and bring bring things down in order for the mix to have life and energy. It's the least he can do just to get a rough balance. To really make the mix shine, he has to move some faders. But young sound engineers get what I call fader fear where they're so afraid of getting something wrong that they live in that half of their brain that's just problem-solving based and they don't get into that other side, that artistic, hey, let's have fun side, because this is live music and it's amazing. Good sound engineers do that. Good sound engineers, when they're flying the plane, it's a blast. So, how do you get somebody out of that mode into the artistic, I'm having fun, I'm performing a mix, I'm not just fixing problems during sound check? Here's what I would do. Again, using the pilot analogy, pilots spend a lot of time in flight simulators. And we have the same thing in live sound. If you have a digital board, it's called a virtual sound check. So, with the virtual sound check, you will have recorded tracks from maybe a Sunday morning um, service or um, a rehearsal. And they're all discrete, meaning that when they are recorded as tracks, they're not summed to a left and right channel. You have all of them on faders, which then you can play back. And just like a regular mix, each one is independent of the other. So here's what I would do with a young tech. Bring your young tech in and you don't start with EQ and compression. You do all that. Yep, you can walk them through how it works, but I would wait. I would get everything rough balanced. I would do all of the effects and the EQ and the compression. I would get a good mix going. And then I would say, all right, you get one fader, the lead vocal. So we're going to start, and this is pretty typical of, um, of a lot of modern worship songs. Their verse will be really low, so you'll have this gravelly verse that's kind of at the bottom of the, the range, and then at some point they're going to jump up the octave, and then you're going to have this really loud section. Well, That lead vocal has to be mixed. You have to move that fader or it's going to be inaudible in the verse and it's going to be way too loud in the chorus. So you give your new tech one job. Here's your fader. This is the lead vocal. I want you to keep it audible. If you can't hear it, push it up. If it's too loud, bring it down. We're going to play the whole song through and your one job is to ride that fader so that you can always hear that lead vocal nice and in front of your face. This also allows you to be in the back of his ear saying, all right, let, yeah, let's bring more, more, more. How about, oh, no, nope, no, nope, bring it down, bring it down. Because what he also has to learn is your taste, right? If you're the tech director, you're getting paid not just for your networking skills, but knowing what's appropriate for your house of worship. So you're also giving him information on, that's a little too hot, that's too too low, we need right there, that's, that's wisdom right there in that spot. You do that a couple times until you get that engineer over his or her fader fear. You also need to teach them about the three decibel rule, and the three decibel rule is that it takes three dB to make a difference to where we can hear it. I see a lot of young engin- engineers; they think it might be too low, and then they they tick it like half a dB. In live music, nobody can tell, right? So you have to you have to give them some understanding of how the the fader actually works on the board and say, well, you're going to have to move that up enough to where people can actually hear the difference. Do that several times with them until they get over the fear of actually moving stuff. And because it's a virtual sound check, they're not going to hurt anybody. Then you're going to do it again, maybe another session, and you're going to give them more information about what needs to move. They probably understand the lead vocal, but now you mention things like all right guitar solos we want those to be nice and up front but when the guitar solo's over we got to bring it down so it's not overpowering drum fills if there's a part that needs to build like a bridge bring it up but if we're on the intros or outros and we need to bring it down bring it down teach them to start mixing and using balance creatively from the get go even before EQ and compression, or at the same time as EQ and compression. Because again, there's so much information, they need to know that the most important thing is them flying the plane when it's time, right? It's not enough just to get the initial balance. They actually have to move those faders, and that will give you a better tech at the end of the day. Hey, I hope that helps you. Again, I know there's so much to learn as a new tech, but new techs need to remember to fly the plane and that the most important thing is what they do with their faders in real time during the event. Before I go, make sure to go to blueprintsounds.com and check out that free training five elements of a full sounding worship team. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.